I was, oh, are we on? Yep. I was expecting announcements and stuff like that, but we haven't got any. Nothing today. Nothing today. So, so uh, I better wake up then. Uh, just, just since um, it's good to have some announcements, just to say if um, uh, this, this afternoon or this evening, um, afternoon, evening, around about five o'clock, you choose whether it's afternoon or evening, um, we're at Dines Green, uh, the Green Centre in Dines Green, we're doing a community outreach event today uh, where we'll be selling stuff, where we'll be doing face painting and bouncy castles and all sorts of things like that. And so I'd like to invite you all to come and join with us if you want to. Uh, if, you really, if you're free and you want to help, uh, come and grab me at the end and say, yeah, I'm in, I'll, I'll help, I'll do something. Um, if you're good at face painting, let me know. Um, if, you, um, if you just want to sit and sell some cards or some clothes or some something or other, chat to people. If you want to be a renter crowd and just come and be a customer, you're very welcome. Okay? Um, you're signed up, thank you. Um, are we doing that? Are we doing the show of hands? Who's in? Yeah. Um, but anyway, you're welcome to do that. If you're not sure where it is, if you Google the Green Centre in Dines Green, uh, then you'll find it. Um, so today's talk may be a little bit, bit more of a ramble, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know when you feel like God's given you something in your heart, um, and it's a growing thing in your heart, uh, and so you try and say it, and you hope it comes out all right. That's sort of where we're at, okay? Um, I, I was thinking the other day, um, I wonder, you know, Jesus had a phenomenal ministry in the three years that he ministered, didn't he? He did 30 years where not a lot happened, okay? I mean, you know, God coming to earth was quite a big deal, but other than that, um, and, and, uh, and then at 30, he was baptized, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and a load of stuff happened. Uh, and he, he um, did this amazing stuff, lots of miracles, the dead being raised, uh, just amazing stuff. Uh, but he didn't build a megachurch, did he? So the, the reality is he left, he went back to heaven, and there were a core of 12, uh, a, a wider group of 120, um, not much to write home about in some ways. And, uh, and I've been thinking, why? why? Why would that be the case? Uh, when he clearly could have, could have done more. There, there are those, uh, and I'm grateful for... So if you're thinking I'm not keen on mega churches, because I, I, you know, I'm grateful for the humongous churches that are in our, on our planet. Um, it's Bill Hybels, um, who started Willow Creek, uh, that's one of the largest churches um, that I really look up to. And he, he's, he's the one that said that the church is the hope of the world, uh, which many of us quote as scripture, but actually it was Bill Hybels uh, that said it. And um, so I'm, I'm for that, but I, but I am asking the question, why did, Jesus, why did Jesus not build a big thing? Um, and, and, you know, it, it strikes me the more I look into Jesus, the more I look into the life of Jesus and the stuff that he did, the more there's a reason for most of what he did. Um, there's something he wants to communicate. And so we'll come back to that at the end. Is that all right? Because um, I, I, I want to think about, um, uh, I've, I've been pondering and thinking about all sorts of things. And one of the things is our world that we live in, our, the nation that we find ourselves in, 
Um, it's a great nation. Uh, we, we're, we're blessed to live in this country. We're one of the richest countries in the world. Uh, it doesn't feel like it when they're banging on about Brexit and all of this sort of stuff. But trust me, you're doing all right. Okay? Uh, and, and, uh, but nevertheless, there are things in our nation that are creaking. There are things that are struggling. And, uh, and, and there are challenges in our nation. You know? So I, I've uh, you know, been in and out of hospital uh, this last week or so. And the NHS, wonderful people, wonderful organization, but creaking. Anybody experienced that? Uh, do you know what I mean? It's, it, it's brilliant. God, if you, if you, hands up if you work for the NHS. Just give them a, a big clap and applaud. We, we love you. So there it is. Soak it in. Soak it in. Um, uh, but if you work for the NHS, hands up if you feel under-resourced. Okay? So there's a problem. Okay? There's, there's, it's a challenge. Uh, and, and, you know, it's not just the NHS. We can look at... You know, I was, I, I was look, watching, I felt really grown up, I was watching Newsnight the other night. And, and uh, yeah, and, um, and, and there was a conversation about healthcare, and there's a conversation about um, should people that are overweight be less pr preferred in terms of treatment? Do, do you know what I mean? Or people that smoke, should they not get treatment as quickly as other people? And there's a conversation about it. And I was thinking, am I really hearing that? Am I really hearing that we're thinking uh, of, of the, the resources are so stretched, so short, that we're thinking, how do we prioritize people that deserve it more? What we're basically saying. So if people are overweight, much like myself, uh, only a little bit, but, you know, a little bit, um, you know, uh, we should be perhaps looking after ourselves better, therefore, go on a diet and then come back and we'll treat you. Yeah, do you know what I mean? That was the conversation. Um, the, the mental health team... Um, in, in, certainly in, in Worcester, but across the UK, um, struggles. The, the number of patients that are knocking at the door, wanting support, wanting help, wanting solutions to the problems, um, far outnumbers the resource that the, that the mental health team have to deal with it. Correct? You know, so we love you for those that are in that world and, and you know, we're so grateful for what you've done. And we're so grateful for when you go to hospital that there is a bed. Even if it might be in a corridor, we're grateful. Okay? We're grateful. But nevertheless, there are some challenges. And we could look at education. We could look at other sections of society. And we can see that there are, there are some problems and there are some challenges. And then we can glo go global and think around the world and think, actually, we, we, we have it pretty good. We have an NHS. We have it pretty good. And there, there, so there are challenges. Uh, in our nation. I, I've, I've had the privilege, I don't know how I got an invite, but I had the privilege over this last couple of years, two or three years, of going to a number of meetings um, that are looking at particularly our nation. So there's an organization called Jubilee Plus, uh, and they are a national organization that are looking at various social justice and social action um, challenges uh, and, and what the church can do in terms of meeting some of the demands in our nation. Um, and, th and they're sort of a think tank and a network of, uh, a, a, a networking organization that pulls people together to think and to uh, see how they can inspire some action to, to happen in, in that world. So I was invited to a couple of days where we basically sat down with some of the more senior uh, leaders of projects, um, like, so the guy that started Food Bank, people that, that, that the leaders of CAP, uh, Christians Against Poverty, uh, and a few other sort of larger organizations, 
and me, don't know how, um, was invited to this thing where we basically, we looked at the UK and we looked at the next 10 years of the UK, what are the challenges and what can the church do? Fascinating, really clever people in the room, okay? Uh, and there were five areas that were identified um, that um, we believe are challenging areas in the next 10 years for the UK, okay? Is this all right? It's a bit different, isn't it? Is that all right? Uh, number one, elderly care. It's in trouble, okay? And will continue to be in trouble. Um, it, it's got some challenges. The resources are thin. The demand is growing, okay? People are living longer. Asylum seekers. Uh, our, our world has got challenges. Uh, and many people are, are, are banging at our door, other, other doors, seeking asylum, seeking somewhere to live that where they're, where they're safe and secure. Not only that, but there will be people also looking uh, to move from a nation because there's poverty, deep poverty. And, and, and we can, we can criticize and judge that and we can say, why should people come here uh, you know, to, to seek a, a prosperity? Well, ask yourself whether you wouldn't. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Because it, 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 it's a challenge. But, but it's, a, it's a growing issue. Um, and, and it's both a growing issue, not just in terms of the demand of care, but a growing issue in terms of the political uneasiness that comes on the back of that subject. Um, uh, addiction uh, is another thing that we identified. There are five things we identified as, as challenges in our nation for the next 10 years that the church needs to do something about. Uh, addiction was one of those things, and the, the, the growth of addiction, and, and um, you know, the... the yeah, I won't go into it because it's a bit of a hobby horse of mine. Mental health was another one. Um, that, that, that air, again, I've just mentioned it earlier, but that the need is gro has grown, but the resources shrunk. Um, homelessness uh, care and work with the homelessness. Almost, almost every organization that is working with the homeless, the resources have been slashed. And so what's left is we can give you a bed, but not much else. That's, that's sort of what's left. There isn't a lot. Jen, yeah, um, uh, works at the YMCA, just in case you wouldn't say she's homeless, she works at the YMCA. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a growing challenge, okay? So what I, want us, what I want us to ponder and think about this morning a little bit is, so what do we do? What do we do? How do we respond to it? What, is, what does Jesus want us to do to some of these challenges? Are you okay with that question? Yeah. Um, I, I uh, if you remember, a couple of weeks ago, I did a talk um, for the dedications, and I talked about family. Uh, and this, this, this is my big idea. Okay, it's not my big idea; it's God's. Uh, but I, I believe the answer is family. Okay, and we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, you know, but if you remember, I talked about God being our Father. Um, and the family of God has a dad and he loves us and he, he brings security and he speaks to us and he, he, he comes alongside us. And when, we, when, we, when we're far away from him and we turn back to him, he comes and embraces us and welcomes us. Talked about Jesus being our big brother. And somehow or other, in, in the provision of God, somehow or other, we've been brought into the family of God, that we're children of God and that Jesus is our brother and we're heirs of everything that he has with him. Okay, that is exciting. Come on, that is exciting, isn't it? We've been, yeah, okay. Um, 
And, and, then, and then my third point, anyone remember my third point? Flipping it, I won't feel too... Leanne did the PowerPoint for me, so you know. What was the third point? Table. Uh, the table of God. And it was, it was um, I talked about the extendable table that, that and family, you know, I, I love families. I think I referred to Ken and Heather. You weren't in the room, but I referred to you. I hope that's okay. Uh, and, and how when I first came to the church many moons ago, uh, Ken and Heather had, one of the, I don't know if you actually had physically one of these tables, but you had a culture in your family that, well, we'll, we'll just make it a bit bigger. Uh, we'll, you know, so we've got, this is the chicken we got. We'll just carve it a bit smaller. Uh, because there's somebody comes in need and we will look after them. And, and, and I think there's something of the family of God that I want us to consider and ponder and, and lay a hold of where we can, we can have this, this extendable table to welcome in new people, welcome in the lonely, welcome in uh, people that are uh, struggling. Um, I, I read a scripture in Psalm, Psalm 68. Says this, sing to God, sing in praise of his name, extol him who rides on the clouds, rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. And here's the bit He's a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families, he leads out the prisoner with singing. What an amazing scripture! Says, says so much. Um, you know, when, when, when we look at the challenges that, that I've just identified in terms of um, the, the, the growing demand in our nation and the, un, uh, the lack of resources for those, for those demands, the temptation might be, let's start another organization. Um, and I love those things. I love food bank. I love CAP. Love, love those things. So I'm not, we need them, okay? I, I, I chair an organization that is an organization called Good Soil. But I love those things. Um, but you know what? I think there is, there is a better answer for some of the challenges in our nation. And I think the better answer is he welcomes the lonely into family. I, I think a better answer is he's a father to the fatherless. That's what I mean. And I think, I think God wants to do a new thing amongst us in our nation. I think God is looking for a church that is less about, now, again, I'm not criticizing anybody, but less about a big meeting and more about a family. Who's up, who's up for that? More about a family where, where everybody can interact, everybody can play their part, everybody can welcome the stranger. We're all in it. We're all in it together. Uh, and, and, and the reality is, the, the, the need is such that some of the need, we can only handle one person, can't we? But if we all handle one person, if we all welcome one person, then we've done something magnificent. How many people are in this room right now? I don't know, 100, something like that. So there's a, there's a, hundred, there's a hundred people that we could care for. Simple, isn't it? I mean, requires some sacrifice. Jesus told a um, parable, and I love the parables, but sometimes because, because we've, we've, we've mainly, may, I don't know, maybe this isn't true for you, but we often hear the parables in a children's story format, don't we? So we tell these parables, and we, we act it out, and the kids do their thing. We did it in Dimes Green the other week. We did this one in Dimes Green the other week, and it's a lot of fun, and the kids get to be a bit silly, and we tell the story, and, and we enjoy it. 
But actually, Jesus, when Je- the, 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 the context that Jesus told many of these parables was, was not like that at all. I mean, he's saying the kingdom of heaven is like this. And then basically, he's really nailing people. So when Jesus told the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? We know the story? So the Good Samaritan was, um, so the kingdom of heaven is like this. So the um, man went on some journey and robbers uh, um, basically beat him up, stripped him of his clothes, took all of his money uh, and left him, left him for dead. Um, and then a priest comes along. Now you've got to understand that there may have been priests in the crowd when Jesus told the story. Okay? It wasn't a nice little parable. He was, he was nailing people. So a priest came along, saw him, just ignored him, walked about on the other side and left him lying there. And then a Sadducee came along, clever scholar, uh, very theologically sound, uh, came along. And uh, same thing, saw him. And, and Sadducees would have been in the crowd, okay? So it would have been an uncomfortable story if you were a Sadducee, Okay? Uh, and and uh, he walked by and didn't do anything. And then a Samaritan came along. Samaritan were people a little bit despised. Do you know what I mean? They didn't get on with the Jews. And, 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 and he came along and he saw the guy. And he helped him. He helped him to his feet, put him on his own, was it his donkey? I don't know. Put him on his own donkey and cared for him, bandaged his wounds, took him to an inn said, and gave the guy some money and said, can you look after him? I've got to go on the, you know, I think it was a business trip or something like that. I've got to go here, but I'll come back and check. And he looked after him. Jesus was making some really big statements in that parable, wasn't he? We might miss it in the children thing. <laughs> but, but he was saying, religion that doesn't do that, I have no part of. That's what he was saying. And, uh, and it, would have been, it would have been, ooh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, he said, the religion that I'm a part of, the thing that I'm doing on this planet, the kingdom of heaven that, that I'm ushering into this thing is when, is when somebody, without prejudice, uh, sees the need in front of them and does something about it. Are you with me? Do you feel, do you feel challenged? I don't know. Um, but, but that's the religion that Jesus wanted us to consider. Um, and, there, and there, there, are, there are things that we can learn. We, we, you know, we can learn some stuff about that. This whole thing about the Samaritan, um, you, you know, basically there was unconditional love and care for the person in front of him, even though that, that, that cut through prejudice. Okay? But hang on, Jim, I don't have any prejudice. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Because we all do a bit. Okay? And so Jesus is looking for a church, I believe. He's looking for a religion. He's looking for a kingdom that without prejudice, oh, they're not, the, they're not my kind of people. That will say, do you know what? I'm going to get my hands dirty. I'm going to put bandages on your wounds and I'm going to do something. I'm going to pay some money and I'm going to do something that's going to help you. So who, 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 do, who, who, is, who is that in our culture? Is it people that should help themselves? Well, they're taking drugs, aren't they? Can't leave, you know, can't help themselves. Is there a prejudice there? Is there something there? Is it, is it, is it, you do, is it, is it people with different sexuality than what we believe in? Yeah. So there's a need. There's a need in front of us. Is it, God's gone quiet. Um, is it, 
Is it people that feel that they're the wrong gender? Because I don't know how to handle it. Now, here's what the Bible says some stuff about that stuff, and I believe it, okay, before you're going to come and speak to me afterwards. Okay? But that's not to say that we can't care for people in need that are in front of us. That's not to say we can't love people. There was no conversation between the Samaritan and, and, and the guy in need. Do you, des- do you deserve it? Are you, ca- are you my kind of person? Are you theologically with me on these issues? No, there's a need. I'm going to serve and I'm going to help you. Maybe one day we'll get a conversation about what I believe about your sexuality or your lifestyle. Or you know what I mean? But the first thing is I'm going to care for you unconditionally. really quiet Jesus told that parable to make that point without prejudice caring for the one in front of us didn't he 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 made it really clear and and as so many other scriptures made it really clear he has the only kind of religion that he's interested in is those that care for the, the, the widow and the poor the only kind of religion that he's interested in. So are you part of a religion that isn't that? Are you part of a religion that is that? And, and, and you know, I, 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 I'm persuaded um, that God, is, God has a plan for us. He has a plan for this nation. Uh, I, I feel a sense of call. Um, I've talked about it before, but God spoke to me some time ago. He said, I've sent you to the poor. And he's made it really clear to me. And I've been, I've been working out that plan, working out that call on my life. And, and you know, my, my plan, that I'm scheming with a few people, um, uh, different parts of the country, uh, where we can see more churches planted in some of the most deprived parts of the UK, in some of the most poor parts. I'm not the only one doing it. Loads of people are doing it. Uh, but I have a call to do that. And... and I don't think that is about a church that, has a, that, that just has a nice meeting so that you come once a week. I think that's a church where, where, where a family of people are come, come together and will say, do you know what, we are going to be together, a community together, and we are going to individually see how we can welcome new people into our family. And, and I, I want to tell you, it's a bit inconvenient. Okay? Because you, you, the, the person bleeding on the street doesn't always bleed on the street at a convenient moment. Do you know what I mean? Wow, I'm busy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I love, the, I love the story of the Good Samaritan, that actually he was busy. He couldn't stay. He did what he could. Didn't he? He couldn't, he couldn't hang around, so he did what he could. He, he had to go off for another meeting or, or something else. He was, he was on his way somewhere. He sought it. He stopped he interrupted his program, he did something, and then he got back on with his program, and then he went back and visited. I love that. Okay? Um, so there's some challenges, aren't there? And we, and, we, and we can hear a talk like this, and we think, but Jim, you don't know my life. You don't know my challenges, the busyness of my life. Well, what I want to say is that we are, in the UK, there is a, the, I would say there is some room for us culturally. Maybe our friends from other cultures can see it more clearly. There is some room for us to be less close the door and have an evening where, we, where our, our home is our castle and nobody else can come in. Maybe, just maybe, there's some space for some change in that. 
So, so, so we could say, but I've, I've got a busy life, I've got a busy job, I'm busy, I'm busy, busy. Well, is there a way of including people in, in your busy life? Now, you can't do that with lots of people, but you can do it with some. Am I... Frown at me if you think, oh, I don't like it, Jim. Let me look around. You know what I mean? You can smile if you think, yeah, I kind of like it, but I think it's difficult. Yeah? Who's, who's in that? Like it, but it's difficult, Jim. It is difficult, isn't it? Um, what, am I, what am I trying to say? And I'll cut, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say what I want to say, and then I'll shut up. Um, first thing, let's be individuals, families, friendship groups that welcome the stranger. Let's be that. See what I mean? It's so easy to become comfortable and familiar with our little group, with our comfortable life, and not welcome new people in. And it's uncomfortable sometimes. Okay? It does, what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say to us, does require effort and is hard. Doesn't it? But can I, can I encourage us, whatever it is that we do, whatever, whatever you're part of, your family group, your, your small group, uh, your, you, you, as we meet here on a Sunday, let's be the people of God that spot the stranger and say, come on in. You're really welcome. Can I get you a cup of tea? British, that's what we do. Let me get you a cup of tea and welcome people in. And you might, you might feel, Jim, I'm, I, I am the stranger. You might feel, I am the poor, I am the broken, I am the one that's struggling. But you know what? There's always somebody struggling a bit more. Okay? So wherever you're at on the thing, think about what can I do to help somebody else? Yeah, I need to, I need to look after myself. Yeah, I, I, I need some help myself. Hello, can you help me? Some of you are thinking that. But, but uh, you know, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I want to encourage you, sometimes when we take our eyes off our own needs and we, when we put our eyes on other people's needs, our needs get met. Okay? So, so I know that we're stretched. I know some of us, our lives are, are challenged. Some of us battle. So there was a word earlier on about depression. Some of us battling with some of these things. Let me encourage you. you You've, you've got something. The, the widow's might is really important in this. Okay. Give what you've got. Do what you can. Um, and so, and that's, the more you do that, the more God helps you. Now, there's some of us that are actually, we're not in that situation, and we're quite well off, we're quite comfortable, we're doing all right. Can I, can I encourage you to, to, to use your resources for the kingdom of heaven? And, for, and, and looking out for seeing the kingdom expand and grow. And that is people. It's a people thing. Okay? <clears throat> I said it was in my heart. No, I, don't, I, I don't know how it's coming out. I hope it's coming out all right. Um, but um, welcome the stranger. Second, second point, I've already said it. I'm just basically summarizing now. Second point is, is um, that we care for the ones in front of us. Sometimes we can overcomplicate life. And uh, we can get overwhelmed by the bigness of the challenge. For those of you that are in the NHS, it's overwhelming at times, I imagine. 
But what you can do is you can be personal and you can care for the one in front of you. See what I mean? When, when a doctor or a nurse or, or someone like that in, hosp- in hospital, when somebody, you, you can see sometimes somebody stop, pause and think, no, this person needs some personal touch. Sometimes it's a whirlwind, isn't it? Particularly if you're a consultant or something like that and you're doing your round, you're doing your thing and you've got to get through everything. But those 30 seconds just to hold a hand and say, you're right, does something. Um, but what, are, what, about, what of the rest of us? Those of us just living our lives. First thing I, I want to encourage us is to see the need in front of you and be led by God. Do you know what? Um, John gave me the microphone this morning, this, this silly thing that keeps falling off my ears. But John gave me the microphone this morning and said, it's the third week and we haven't got any more batteries. Not sure it's going to last. Um, and, and, then, and they said, oh, sorry, I used the handout. Well, that's the same. <laughs> um, and uh, it made me think. And I, and I thought, do you know what? Um, what I'm talking about, if you haven't got the batteries, it just isn't going to work. Okay. Uh, we, we, what, what, what I'm talking about needs, needs intervention and leadership by the Holy Spirit. Needs the Holy Spirit involved. It needs God to do something. And there are people that God, God puts in front of us and you think, that person I need to give, my, give some time to. That person I need to care for. That person I need to sow in, into their lives. That person needs to become part of my life, part of my family. And the Holy, that's a Holy Spirit deal. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes we can't do everything for everyone. But there are, there are people that God puts our way. He says, I want you to care for that one. Do you know what I mean? I, wa- I want you to now, you know, there's no point in hearing a sermon if you're not going to do anything about it. Okay? Just frustrating for the preacher. So, I, well, sorry. Bit of a rant. Uh, what, I, what I want us to do, what I want us to do is I want us to be thinking, who's that for me? Who's in my life right now that God is wanting me to invest my time into? Have a think. Have, have a pray about it. God, there isn't anyone. Okay, that's fine. Be open. Go, go about your business and you will see need. Go about your day and you'll see need. Because God, open my eyes to see need and see the potential of what I can do. The good Samaritan used the resources that he had. I think this is important. I want to say this because we can get overwhelmed. Okay? Um, it is important to be wise. It is important to, to think, well, what resource do I have? So the, the, the good Samaritan, he, he knew what he had. He had some compassion, he had a donkey, and he had a bit of cash. Didn't he? And he used them well. I mean, what resource? You might, you might have very thin resources, emotionally or materially. Use what you've got. Use what you've got. And don't go beyond. And this is where we need to be looking after each other, isn't it? This is where we need to say, oh, do you know what? I think you need a rest. We need to encourage each other. The, the, the beauty of, this, of the family of God is that we can, we can help each other with this stuff. And we can say, do you know what? I know you, because some of us are, are loads of compassion and not so much wisdom. And so we want to do everything for everybody. And then we burn ourselves out. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Okay. And that's where we need, we need to listen. We need to be part of teams. We need to talk about it in your small groups. We need to talk about it in your uh, husbands and wives, family units. All of these things. We need to talk about it and say, can we do this? And then you can do it. Okay. So I, I want to give you the other side of the coin. Because I don't want, what I don't want is burnout. 
Do you know what I mean? We're just going to try and do everything. What I want is, this is, this is the resource I've got. I'm going to look for need and I'm going to give it. He said, it says that he's a father to the fatherless. Um, the Bible is very male-weighted, okay? The culture that it's written for is very male-weighted. He's a, can, can we say these are parents of the parentless? Can we, can we say that we need, uh, and he um, positions us sometimes as mums and dads for people. And so can I say that are there people that God is put in your way that he wants you to be a mum to? Are there people that God's put in your way that he wants you to be a dad? Look after that person and give them some stability, some security, some comfort. Are there people in your life that God's doing that? It's a God thing. Okay, you can't force that. You might say, right, I'm going to be your dad. <laughs> but you're 12 and I'm 40. No, do you know what I mean? What? It's a God thing. Okay? So, so, so all of this needs the batteries working. needs the Holy Spirit. needs God to be leading us, doesn't it? Um, listen to this in Acts. And this was a big church. 3,000 people got saved at the beginning of this church. But here's the description. The fellowship of the believers. They dev- it's in Acts 2, 42, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and provisions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I'd like a, I'd like a, a slice of that. Anybody? Do you know what I mean? And, and, I, and I read that and, I, and I'm encouraged and I'm inspired and I'm challenged and I'm angry. All in one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because we haven't got it. We haven't, we haven't got that. We've got bits of that. We've got, we've got elements of that. But God, there is so much more for us. Do you know what I mean? And, and, the, and the, the more really isn't some leaders saying, now this is the kind of church you are. We're going we're gonna to now have a breaking bread in homes element to our church. No, this, is, this is when the Spirit of God gets a hold of a community of people and people rise up and say, I'm going I'm to do it. I'm going to... I'm going to welcome the lonely. I'm going to welcome people into my family. I'm going to spontaneously break bread in my home. That, you know, we, we read that and think, all right, they're going to have communion. Body of Christ, only for you. Right, no, no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It wasn't that. It was a meal. They invited people around for food. They, they had people in and out of their homes. But, the, but it was food with, with, in the presence of God. It was food where, where it's, not, it's not weird to say, right, we're going to pray now. Let's hold hands and pray. Or whatever. I mean, hold, I'm, I'm a bit freaked out with holding hands. But whatever you're going to do. It's, it's, you know, they, they broke bread in each other's homes because people were in and out of each other's homes. So they came into each other's homes and they shared life together. They saw a need. Right, you know what? I don't need this house. I'll sell it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the last time you were in a church where someone said, well, I'll sell my house. Give it to the poor. That's what, that's what it says. <laughs> Don't mean, that's what it says in the book. That's a bit unwise. But that's what it says. <laughs> Don't mean, the spirit can lead us. And, and do you know what? There is, a, there is scope for more radicalness amongst the people of God. <laughs> Isn't there? Do you know what I mean? 
And, and so, you know, but, but for that to work, it's got to be the spirit leading and it's got to be people standing up and saying radically, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put myself in harm's way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a go. I'm going I'm to risk being a bit silly here. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to trust. Jesus said, you know, now don't, t- don't misunderstand me. I'm not telling you all of you got to sell your homes. But Jesus said, don't store up in barns. Do you know what I mean? But, but we, we, we're part of a Christianity that says, well, you've got to have a pension. You've got to have a mortgage. It's not the, it's not the Christianity that Jesus taught. Just saying. All right? Um, there's a, what I'm saying is, that, you know, we can, we, there's a culture of church, there's a culture of faith that we think is the benchmark. And Jesus wants to say, uh-uh, there's, there's, some, there's some other ways to do this. And there's a radical Christianity where, where individuals are saying, I'm going to do what God says. I'm going to see the need in front of me. I'm going to do something about it. So why didn't Jesus build a mega church? I think he wanted to model something where he was okay with caring for two, three, twelve. I think he wanted to model something that multiplied. I don't think Jesus wanted superstars big leaders that can do big things. I, I'm not, I love it. Bill Hybels, one of my heroes. Do you know what I mean? Build a church that's big, but and this. All power. Do you know what I mean? But I don't think, I, I don't think, I think Jesus wanted to model something that wasn't a mega church. I think Jesus wanted to model something where, where groups of people were together and, and had proper family and community and, and loved each other and cared for each other. And that can happen on a big scale and on a small scale. Probably in our culture, easier on a small scale. We fall, into, we, we fall into a Christianity, and I'm, I'm going to stop because I'll start ranting, but we fall into a Christianity that is performance. I will entertain you. I will put on a good show so you enjoy the church that you come to. It's never what Jesus was building. Was it? Let's pray, shall we? Told you it would be a bit of a ramble. Rob wants to say something. Well, I don't know what you're going to say, Rob, so the battery might go at any moment. (coughs) John, if it's bad, turn him off and we'll say the battery. It is now. Kind of got something when we were singing about breaking the chains earlier. And, and it did get me thinking, and I wish I'd given a word then, I guess, about, I think, uh, God bringing healing, God breaking the chains people in people's lives who are struggling. Um, and I think, um, just been processing a few thoughts while Jim's been talking, uh, I think there's definitely something about uh, when Jesus said the love of most will grow cold. And... Um, I think that there's definitely something about as church as stepping up and not letting our love grow cold and um, uh, stepping in to meet the need, helping the strangers Jim's been talking about. Uh, um, There's that inevitability of uh, statutory services, whether that be uh, children's services, mental health, YMCA, older adult provision, teaching assistant, being overwhelmed and unable to meet 
the needs of the population. That, I think that's an inevitability, and the, the church does need to step into the gap. Um, if I can just say, um, the reason I, I guess standing up and getting passionate earlier, I do. I am actually now in a managerial role uh, within primary care mental health, which basically means I, I, I'm not responsible. I'm not the service lead, but it does feel like sometimes I'm carrying the the weight of the mental health uh, needs of the whole of Worcester and Droitwich, which is my immediate team. So and it, the way that does boil down to at times, say if someone's say on a waiting list and and the GP's flagging up this patient, look what's happening with this person. It's yours truly ends up making making calls as to whether that person gets fast tracked or something. So come and so so it does feel rather at times like carrying the whole flipping lot to be honest. So uh, I suppose. Um, what, what am I getting to with this? You know, uh, I find myself in, in a way, passion, I'm passionate about this area. In a way, I think it'd be simpler if God had just called me to be a church leader. You know, you could, oh, that's, yeah, something you definitely should be passionate about, leading Christians and bringing the gospel. That, that would have been easier, but like it or lump it, this is what I'm passionate about. So, um, this is what gets me out of bed, is uh, this whole area of helping people with mental health difficulty. Um, I guess people used to go to the vicar before, didn't they? They used to go to the vicar for counselling or, or whatever. But anyway, it, this is what, where it's at for me. And I think, well, I don't want to take away anything from what Jim is saying. I think the church has definitely got to step into the breach. And if that's what God is calling you to do to to welcome the stranger and welcome into your home. That that's a massive need, supporting good soil, whatever it is. Um, but also an appeal, really, to to for you not to lose sight of statutory services, and um, and to pray for statutory services. Uh, and I'm almost wondering about whether it's something we need to get a group together maybe of people within statutory services or, or people feel called to be like an armor bearer or something, a prayer warrior for people in statutory services to uh, really support them, pray for them because I feel that's what I need personally because it feels like a lot of responsibility. And so if God is calling you to pray, you know, uh, you feel that's on your heart, uh, then please, I'm not going to say no. So, um, so that's pretty much all I want to say. Sorry, I'm not trying to take away from No, 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 it's good. It's good. Thanks, Rob. Um, yeah, you know, lots has been said. I think we should pray. Uh, I, I, I feel like I need to just say yes, please, to pray for that. Support people. I'm not, I'm not in any way saying the NHS is bad or, or anything like that. I'm saying it's creaking and it needs support. Um, and there is a responsibility for the church to step up. And so one of the things that we can do is that we can provide support to a patient um, into the service of the NHS because they have expertise that we don't have. So just to be clear about that, okay? Uh, the other thing to say is I've got nothing wrong with mega churches, love mega churches, love big churches, and, and, and 
the church of Jesus Christ is a mega church globally, Dean has just reminded me. Um, so it's important, you know, it's, I, I'm for that, but what I'm saying is it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a body and it's, it's individuals. It's not, it's not about people sitting there while somebody does it all. It's about the body doing it. Let's pray. Kids are back. Let's pray. Yeah, Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for being with us. We want to thank you for speaking with us. So, Lord, I, I pray that you take the words that I've said today, Jesus, and I pray that that which is from you, that which uh, is Holy Spirit anointed, that may even hit some challenges, hit some uh, obstacles in our own thinking. I pray, God, would you bring it about? Father, ask us. I pray that you would help us to... Um, live our lives in such a way that we have some resource for the needy, for the broken, for the hurting. God, I pray that for families that are able to support others. Pray for moments, God, where like these Good Samaritan, where we see a need and we can just do something immediately. I just pray, God, would you take a hold of today's talk and, and just light a fire where it needs to be lit in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Great, we're done. Don't forget, if you want to come over to Dines Green this evening, 5 o'clock, you're more than welcome. <laughs>